Welcome back, confidants, to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know anything. And this is a very special episode. This is a very special episode for many reasons. One, because this is the most famous guest we've ever had on this podcast. Number two, because it's a dear friend of mine who I've been waiting to interview for a very long time. Number three, because it's Monday the 17th, which 17 is my lucky number, but that's not a part of this. I will have just turned 30 yesterday. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) And my book is officially out for pre-sale. Woo! That I care a lot more about. Like, age is just the number, honey, right? And I find myself really caring about ageism as I get older. But go order my book. It's only $17.99. It's the love of my life. I've I've never seen more commas in my life than I have in the last week of editing it. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. Thank you, Carly Chaikin, our guest this week. I'm super excited. Actually, you don't get to you don't have to buy it. You're on the PR list, so don't buy it. No, I like want to buy it. Tell people to buy it. That okay. would be more valuable. Okay, I will. <laughs> oh my god, confidants! I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Carly Chaikin. You may know her from many a things. She was a star. Just an absolute star in the ABC hit show, Suburgatory. She also was a star, just an absolute standout star in the critically acclaimed mental health show, Mr. Robot. And my favorite, a star in the Miley Cyrus movie, The Last Song from like 2000. I don't even remember what year it was. Um, hi, Carly. Thanks for doing hi. this. You're my friend. Oh my yeah. God. Can you just introduce me like that everywhere you go? Yeah, I'm just going to be like a little banner trumpet boy, like, <laughs> yeah. burr, burr, Carly has entered the building. Um, so it's really funny. I want to tell the coffee dance really quick. We've actually known each other a long time, mm-hmm. a long time. And we've recently gotten even more connected because of the RV situation, which confidants, the Justice Chambry is being built in Carly and Ryan's Drive garage. By. Yeah, which that's a big deal and i'll tell you why in a minute we actually do have a very crazy the am i close enough yeah <laughs> we have a very meet cute yeah, we have cute. a very crazy meeting friendship story you tell it and then i'm gonna jump in where it where i think is the pivotal big okay. moment here we go <laughs> so do i like look at the camera and tell you can them look wherever you want you know me so when Kelsey made her shit girlfriend say video in 2010, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is actually no when didn't I think the last song came out in 2010. Oh, it might have. Yeah. So long ago. <laughs> we were 20 or 19 or something. That's crazy. Crazy. So she made that video. I thought obviously it was the funniest thing in the face of the planet. Biggest boner I've ever had in my life. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. <laughs> Still holds up, I guess. It does. And yeah. so you should make one for now. Oh, my God. Like a 2020 yeah, version? Yeah, because it, there would be different things. Totally different. And like, it, it would be like a lesbian couple. Uh-huh. <laughs> you should totally do a new version. We should. And I bet you it's like a 10-year anniversary, too, because it's 2020. And oh, my I God. I think it's in like October or something. Okay. Great. Done. We have a new well, project. Just wait. All right. See you guys. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to go. Done. Just kidding. So I watched that video, and I tweeted... Being like, who is this? This is the funniest oh thing ever. So nice. I was freaking out. And then <laughs> and then you responded and I was freaking out. Oh my God. <laughs> Fangirling each other's yeah. dicks. I love it. And then I think we like met up uh-huh. and like got dinner. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, this bitch is crazy just like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we just 
became friends. Yeah. And then you randomly did a guest spot on Suburgatory. Oh, my God. Like, one of my only TV appearances. But she's, like, like convinced I got her that job. (laughs) And I I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know about it. Dead-ass thought that Carly was, like, hire my friend for this, like, walk-on role because she's my friend. And... I totally until you told me like two weeks ago you had nothing to do with it this whole time I've believed what that that's no, how I, I got that job I literally had <laughs> nothing to do with it that makes me happy and worried because for some reason my brain told me that but it was so fun to come on set because Suburgatory was like a huge show for ABC and that was like your early 20s and that was your mm-hmm. first big TV that was my only my first TV show. Yeah, like my big any deal. TV job. Like you, ma- you did what everyone comes to LA to do. Like you were <laughs> making it. Um. So yeah, I did a stint. I did a one day thing on your show, and then I asked you to be in my web series, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you played like the opposite, better version of me. Like I think that was before Suburgatory. Was it? Yeah, because I didn't have blonde hair yet. Oh, wow. I love that you can tell think. the stages of your yes. life based on what hair you had. Mm-hmm. So we like kept in touch and stuff. And, you know, you were working. YouTube was just becoming a thing. And then here's where I want to jump in and become the pivotal moment. OK, <clears throat> I believe everything happens for a reason. Duh. And I believe the reason why I dated my ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. was actually so that your relationship could become a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I introduced... Carly, I brought Carly out to meet one of my guy friends who was a friend of my boyfriend at the time. Well, hmm. let me jump in. Okay. I, this was, you came to do Suburgatory mm-hmm. and then we, and so that kind of reconnected us again. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing a show at UCB and was right. like, you need to come. And, and you, you were brought, great. You did the like <laughs> oh God, monologue thing. <laughs> Anyone that knows UCB comedy. Mm. You brought Scott, your boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and you guys were like, we're going to hook you up with our friend Schiff, who lived across (laughs) the street from me. And so he came over. We became platonic friends. It was not a match. But we hung out all the time. I think aesthetically, I was like, you're both little tiny humans. You would be cute together. Yeah, we are very much alike. And it's a very good friendship match. There you go. But so that got me. So then I like knew those people yeah and then one day we were like let's go bowling Uh and we all went bowling Uh and ryan came you're now fucking fiance bitch yeah Yeah, you see that bling you see that shit that's gonna break the camera lens dog (laughs) so like our friendship will claim it no it's all thanks to you thank you okay i would just like to insert myself as that because i believe i went through all the hardship and strife of that relationship so that you could have yours thank you (laughs) seriously you're so welcome i love love anything i can do no so now you're dead ass gonna get married to ryan mm-hmm. that's crazy i know that is so crazy i know but like you guys have been together for a long time we've been together for six years and he's like in over the, six years he's kind of in the industry in well he's very much in the industry <laughs> not in the, on the talent <laughs> side he works on the directing uh, unscripted side he's, he's multifaceted love that guy um he actually shot some of my earliest youtube videos before you guys sham and sham and oh my god that skit was genius so good i think i submitted that one for my snl packet so good. <laughs> you were like, oh no, why? No, it was so good. Sham, eh. <laughs> Instead of sham wow, it was sham eh. And it like kind of did the job. It was a mess. 
Um, but Ryan's like in the industry, but in a different facet of like what you do. And I think that that's really, really cool and unique that you guys have found, found a way to make your relationship work because the industry is so messy Mm -hmm. and like you guys are just so normal. And then when you got robot, Mr. Robot, okay. The Mr. Robot. Yeah. Um, it was shooting in New York. And mm-hmm. his show, he was as an assistant director on Project Runway, mm-hmm. also shot in New York. But, like, still, that schedule is just not normal or, like, no. It's just, like, crazy how you were able to make that work. It was. I remember, like, the first year we were dating, I went out to New York with him for when he was shooting Runway. And I was like, I want to get a job that shoots in New York. And then <laughs> I, I did. And so we were both there. I was there for longer than him. But we... I could never date someone that wasn't in this industry. Yeah. But I could never date like an actor. No. That's, I feel like everyone says that. They're like, you have to have someone get it. Like you have to know like your schedule or like giving up time or just like about time management in that regard to your craft, but not a fucking actor. No. (laughs) I'm like, feel bad for him that he has to date me. No, but you're so normal, which is... Um, really cool. And I guess that can kind of segue a little bit into the theme of this episode. Like I have no mental issues, (laughs) none at all. (laughs) The vague umbrella of this episode, not only being about my book pre-order, but like launching off into a conversation about mental health in media because robot, which by the way, I find that industry people just say the the second name of the word. They don't say the full name of the show, (laughs) like runway and robot, Mm -hmm. Um, which if you haven't seen, you can watch on Amazon prime. Oh, can you? Yeah. Wait, did Amazon prime always own it? No, it was on USA, but now it's on Amazon prime. Is that where I watched it? I must have watched it on Amazon prime. Was that a lot of money? (laughs) If Amazon prime buys it or does it not matter? You don't have to say anything. It doesn't matter to me. I, oh, really? I didn't get any of it. <laughs> Copy that. Um, so when you, you, you the other, I, God, the other thing I didn't even say about the leg of, of your relationship is like, you are actively involved in the mental health space as well. Like, I don't really know a lot of industry people that are as like vocal and actually putting their money where their mouth is or their time where their mouth is. I don't think that's a a phrase, but like you and I both work under the same like nonprofit umbrella company, NAMI. I always call it NAMI and I forever will. The National Alliance on Mental Illness. That's where like the proceeds from my first merch line went. That's where I think, I don't know. Anytime I have to donate, I pick NAMI and you also work with NAMI and serendipitously, Ryan, your fiance's dad is involved in NAMI. And it's just like this whole beautiful clusterfuck of love. So like, <laughs> tell us how you're fucked up. What's wrong with you? Why are you involved in the mental health space to begin with? Well, um, <laughs> where do I start? Where do I begin? I mean, who isn't fucked up? Right. I'll wait. <laughs> Name one. <laughs> like somebody call me. Um, yeah. I think. I always like I mean since I was young was suffered from like depression anxiety mm-hmm. as I've gotten older it's got and I've done like oh god so much mm. fucking work and therapy and mm. blah 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 it's mm. gotten like obviously a lot better and I don't feel like I really suffer from those things anymore mm. um but I also you know have been surrounded in my life by mm-hmm 
some crazy people. Um, <laughs> We're all like crazy. We all here. have. Yeah. I think all of us have family members. Yeah. Or know someone. Right. Um, and I just think that it's like the most important thing there is. Everything starts with your mental. Everything starts and ends with your mental health. True. Um, it's like activism. Cute. Environmentalism. Great. We can't do any of that if our shit's fucked up and we can't get out of right. bed in the morning. You can't. I mean, you can't have relationships. You mm-hmm. can't have a job like that. You can't do anything if you don't <laughs> yeah. if you if you don't have that. So right. and I think that it's something that people like don't focus on enough. Totally. Um, everyone's like, you know, get your body fit, but no one's like, get your mind fit. Yeah. What is the fucking, well, we know what the fucking craze is. It's society, systemic advertising issues. Mm-hmm. We know, all, we know why. They don't want us to feel good about our brains because then we stop buying bikinis. Right. I wanted to ask you something you said about like kind of growing out of it, which I think is so interesting for a couple reasons because one, oh, I felt that burp coming for like 10 minutes. <laughs> one, I feel like when you're in the worst of the worst of it, you feel like there's never going to be a day when you feel better. Right. Oh yeah. I also feel like anytime someone has told me like it gets better, I'm like, fuck you. But then in my book over and over again, I'm like, I know you don't want to hear this, but like, hold on one more day, just one more day. And then you'll hold on another day and then you'll see like all these amazing things you wouldn't have gotten to see had, you know, you not waited to feel better. So Growing out of it is an interesting like. Well, I will say, I think I definitely didn't grow out of it mm-hmm. as much as I like worked my fucking ass exactly. to get out of it. Yeah. It wasn't like I just got older and things went no, away. No, it's not like childhood asthma where you're like, that was weird. <laughs> Which it's I did like, have. Me too. <laughs> but I grew out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm fine now. Yeah. But I think you're right. It's like you did the work at an age that was a perfect age to do it right. at. Because... And then, oh, my God, you add, like, the industry on top of that. Fucking, I can't believe you got out of it alive. Well, I'm so lucky that, you know, I didn't start acting until the last song, which Mm -hmm. I did when I was 19. Wow. Um, And I've been in therapy since I was, like, fucking 13 or some shit. So I'm so lucky that I kind of, like, got my shit together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we say that loosely. Yeah, because um, <laughs> look at us, you guys. <laughs> my, this is gonna get demonetized purely for my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Got my shit together enough to yeah. be able to do have what career, I do. Yeah. But then I think also having starting to have a career really did help me. Yes, um, accountability. Yeah, and value. just feeling like I had a purpose oh, and that so I had important. something to lose. Ah, it's so important because mm-hmm. if you just have everything kind of given to I'm speaking from a personal point of view. When you're just a spoiled fucking brat, um, like I always struggle with the idea that I don't know how much I ever really struggled as far as what the American life is like, right? Like I grew up in an upper middle class home. I, you know, my college was paid for. I never freaked out about bills until I was older. And because of that, I feel like my body came up with a bunch of other, because my basic needs were met. My body was like, Oh, we're going to give you a whole other fucking swath <laughs> of shit to deal with. Since you're like skirt skirting by here. And I, I wonder if like at all, you can identify with the idea of what you said of like purpose and accountability and a reason to show up every day has something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, for me, 
are we segueing into like I'm a spoiled? <laughs> no, <laughs> spoiled no, I just mean like you having a job no, probably less than like becoming famous was more like, oh my god, I'm living yeah, for when I a was, passion. When I was younger, I like I didn't give a shit because mm. like what my I was gonna get my phone taken away, my car <laughs> taken away, like that sucked. But who cares? Like right. I had nothing to keep my shit together mm. for. Mm-hmm. And once I started working and, you know, being an actor was always like my biggest dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I never did it before, but that's a whole <laughs> other story. When did that become like your biggest dream? What age? I think when I was like 13 mm. out of, I was just talking about this the other day out of nowhere. I just was like, universe. I, I did a, I did a, had like a line in a camp play. And for some reason I was like, <laughs> that's always what it is. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want to yep. do for the rest of my life. I had a solo and once upon a mattress. And I knew in that moment I was meant I, to, be- I think I brought someone water <laughs> and was like, this is for you. And then was like, Oh my, oh my God. God, I crushed that. Yeah. And I just knew I yeah. was like, and I never did plays. I played sports, but so everybody thought I was, and I grew up in LA. Mm-hmm. So everybody thought I was like psycho, but I just, right. I knew that's what I was going to do. But so once I started doing that, I like had my purpose and mm-hmm. I was like, this means so much to me. Like, I don't want to lose it. Like, right. I don't want to be like doing drugs and like mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. all this shit and like fucked up and like not be able to like be. fulfill that. Yeah. And like, yeah. I have a career now to lose. And it's like it may it weirdly makes getting up on the hardest days still like you're actually able to get up. Like yeah. the days when I would have nothing on my schedule, I would just stay in like bed. Right now. <laughs> right. And sleep. I'm still and in like, my pajamas. But like giving myself something to do now, right? So like the R V, right? I'm here <laughs> you guys, I've been at Carly's house every day for the last month now. And what did I tell you when it first started? I was like let me help you I need (laughs) I need something to make me feel like I have a purpose right now like when you heard about Soraya's case you immediately were like immediately were like jump on the phone how can I help like who can I introduce you to and actually your connections through Ryan and your people got us a bunch of pitch meetings for the documentary so like even if it wasn't a direct like whatever I'm gonna produce this you were you understood the severity and the importance of Soraya's story and you were also like oh by the way I have like a giant driveway come over and I don't think you realized when you said that that you were gonna get what you got with me I couldn't be happier I get to use their Olympic sized <laughs> swimming pool every day and if you're not if you don't live in LA you don't understand how fucking valuable that is I just go back there and flop in and I feel like a I feel like Paris Hilton I'm just like (laughs) oh this is how the other half lives but I want to bring something up you that you broke the raft (laughs) (laughs) this was me admitting by the way when I jumped to pool the other day I didn't even jump in I was like plopping myself into the raft I my ass popped through the bottom of her app. Oh, it's coming tonight. The new one. To be fair, there is already a rip in it. Okay, I'll take that. Um, I have to bring up something that I weirdly think might play into something about like your mental health, mm-hmm. which is your savant ability to paint. Ooh. Carly Chaikin art or whatever the fuck your Instagram is. What is it? Carly, Carly Chaikin art. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you paint like, what the fuck? You paint like shit that you're just like, whoa this must have been like an artiste like a frenchman sitting on his balcony for the last 20 years <laughs> that was the most weird accent but like you 
your painting is unreal. It's unreal. Thank and you. what the fuck? How did that start? How did you get so good at it? And like, you have an entire wing dedicated in your house to like a painting. You're making realm. me sound so rich. You're welcome. No, <laughs> my I, Olympic I mean, size pool. My in wing. Los Angeles, if you have a pool, <laughs> fuck off. You're rich. Uh, what the fuck with the painting? I, first of all, it's, it also drives me nuts. Cause, um, I don't, it's whatever. I have a whole process. <laughs> Talk about mental. But that's like what I'm talking about. Like that painting part of your brain has got to be like a filter for something. Because yeah, people don't I've, just, I've you always can't just paint like that. I've painted before I've painted and written. Hmm. Um, before I've done anything that I've done my entire life mm. and when I was younger I like the th- third floor at my dad's place I had decided to make into an art studio and just trashed it <laughs> and so he was like okay so he ripped up the floors and put in like just vinyl floors yeah. and made it a chalkboard wall Ugh, for me and so I just cool. had that space to destroy um, and so that's any place I go now, I have to have an art studio. But how, like, when were you like, oh, I'm better than like a kid who hangs up their fucking shit on the refrigerator? Like, Actually, look, in, s- I don't know why I remember this, <laughs> but in like second grade, we had this project where we had to like water paint like a tulip. Uh-huh. And I remember like the next day the teacher thought mine was hers. Oh, and I was like, God. that's mine. Um, and she was like, shut up, kid. <laughs> She's like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, my mom had always put me in like art classes. And then in middle school, the art teacher put me in the um, high school painting class. And that was the first time I ever oil painted. Holy shit. And then I went to Brentwood Art Center, mm-hmm. which I saw just closed down, which is the saddest oh, thing ever. No. Um, and that was like a workshop style class where... everyone would do their own thing and there was a teacher that would like walk around and help yeah so that's like kind of my only training was like stuff she would tell me normal like that's what i don't think you get is like what the training you (laughs) have like your brain just did that and that's not normal like i seriously think that like the way we have like once in a lifetime poets and astrologers and shit like you have that painting gift and that's so nice weird like how the fuck did you get that i don't know it, I listen, it, you, it's not like I sit down a pain and all of a sudden that comes out. It's from no, it's like a lot of torture right. and like redoing and starting. But no, art has always been mm. my biggest passion and like the thing I care about the most mm-hmm. and like art with kids and like teaching art and all of that mm. stuff like that. If I wasn't an actor, I would be a teacher. And you help you work with NAMI and you help teach painting classes yeah. to, to people who live with mental health. Um, disorders and do you feel like painting helps you survive a bit like manage your mental health I really do think that art could save the world oh yeah and you know it sucks because I was supposed to go to Washington DC actually and then fucking corona hit um but to like advocate for the arts but I do think you know so I I before all this did um would teach at inner city arts to like younger kids anywhere from first to eighth grade and then I teach I have my NAMI art class and that's adults and the difference that it makes Mm. in them like is so 
you can't mm. even like fathom it and yeah. like what it does for them for their self-esteem to calm wow. them down to like everything it's just it's like beyond incredible so for you is it as therapeutic or is it like turned into a little bit more torturous like you say I'll, I'll be like you know what I'm just gonna go paint and then I like leave my studio being like fuck <laughs> so poetic like I'm just gonna go paint I'm gonna like Rachel McAdams like in a naked sheet like yeah mm-hmm. and then I'm like throat being like fuck this shit yeah but I think that that's like part of the process right yeah. is is I feel that way about film like whenever I'm making something I'm just like why did I start that like you're yeah. a dumb bitch you know every time you start something and then you fucking can't like oh that's but it part is of the process of art teaching myself like you know color mm. people are gonna be like shut the fuck up no it's like the the most complex i was telling you this like people spend their whole lives learning about color but that's that was crazy. something that i like fully taught myself that i'm still teaching myself yeah. um and actually speaking of mental health if i'm ever like having anxiety or like can't stop like spiraling about something I the way I like distract myself is I'll like look around the room and pick something and see how I'd mix that color oh my god that's a really nice coping mechanism yeah I would never in a million fucking years use that as like a tool because I just don't think that way yesterday I was having like a really bad ruminating moment because of like some just stupid drama that like didn't matter it didn't matter at all but in my head I came here being like let me go distract myself and I just could not stop replaying the conversation in my head over and over again, different ways I could have responded, should have responded. And I'm like, why can't my brain just stop? Like I'm painting confidant, sober girlies. Are you looking to cut back or cut out alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess zero proof craft mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress-balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or, like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 
time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. I put on a podcast, I put on music, and I was like, I just have this spiral problem. Like mm-hmm. as soon as it like goes over the edge, it's like a roller coaster and I just have to ride the wave. And what stopped it actually was writing it down. Because oh. I was like trying to put it in my hands, Duh. like no. paint and listen to something else. And it was like I write everything. Mm. I use like I have literally 500 notebooks oh, filled to the brim favorite. from when I was like young until now. Oh God, they're so embarrassing to look back at. Oh my God, I'm like, this black rose like represents <laughs> my soul. <laughs> like, so, you know. Yikes. But now I, on my phone and my notes, like mm. I just write everything. If I can't sleep at night. Mm. My other like OCD thing that happens to me is like when I get anxiety, I'll get songs stuck in my head. Ooh, the earworms. And it's, like, to the point where I've, like, gone two days without sleeping because of it. It's, like, an actual thing. Yeah. Don't go on TikTok then because those songs are fucking addictive. <laughs> um, so then let's talk about Mr. Robot a little bit because, obviously, that show uh, is based on mental health. Like, I don't... It went for so many seasons, I feel like, if you haven't seen it by... No, because you can watch it on Amazon Prime. So I won't give too much away. But it's a show... About a guy who's a hacker who wants to right the wrongs of big corporations. And you play a character. I still don't know how much I should reveal. You play a character in it that's very vital to the main character's relationship. And I think you both as main characters, you know, there's a couple. It's like an ensemble thing. Everyone kind of has their own, like, mental health D- disorders quirks like I hate saying quirks because it's like not a thing quirk to be like <laughs> schizophrenic but uh that's not it <laughs> so not, quirky. not this earlier yeah so quirky I'm like so schizo fuck you if you say that shit um but what was it like a getting involved with the project and realizing like oh shit this is gonna be something that like you have to get right right like you can't fuck that up <laughs> yeah I mean I think you know, in this last season, there was, I had like a really big panic attack. And in, you know, season two, I also had one. But I think people, and I, people afterwards, it was so amazing to see people be like, I've never seen someone mm. have like an, like a real, a real what looks like a real panic attack yeah. on camera, which mm. one I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> Two, I'm like, have they never had one? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's really well, not you that don't difficult. like you 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 don't know unless you've had one. Like, people be like, oh my god, I'm about to have a panic attack, and I'm like, no, you you're wouldn't not. be able to, you wouldn't be able to say that yeah. if you were actually gonna have a panic and attack because like, you can't breathe. <laughs> it's the same thing as like I don't know a migraine or a seizure. It's like you have no idea what they feel like until you've right. had one, and so. For you, it's like, yeah, I know because I know. And that's what makes me like the person to, to right. be this character. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's been was like the most incredible thing ever to be a part of something like that. Um, and seeing the, you know, 
when it's like we're not doing brain surgery here making <laughs> TV shows, but to but actually, it controls the but narrative, it, yeah. But to actually see like the legitimate impact that it has had on so many people mm-hmm. of in regards to like mental illness, of feeling like they're not alone, mm-hmm. of feeling like we've had so many people tell stories about a student they've had or someone they've had mm. that like discovered Mr. Robot, discovered Elliot, the main character, and then felt like they could do something mm. and that they didn't have to be debilitated by their mental illness. Wow. And, you know, a big thing that he suffers from is social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so go. that's it, a that's a that's something that's not a spoiler that you, you get right <laughs> away from the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. You know, I think that like Sam S. Miller creator obviously like has experience with all right. of that too. Yeah. And it's just written real. Well, that's what I was gonna say is like clearly, I don't know what the writer's room is like, but clearly someone who has experienced whether themselves are in their life or has done the work gets it because it's yeah. it's been said it's like the most accurate representation of certain, you know, disorders or, or struggles that is out there in media, which I think is really important because you see like, I don't know, half-ass storylines or you see like a show now that's on Netflix that's completely the character's entire identity. And it's like, I just haven't seen anything like Mr. Robot where they're able to play it so realistically. And I think that's really important because you say it's not brain surgery, but like, you know, I used to say, say the same thing about working at BuzzFeed. I'm like, I work at BuzzFeed. Like, at the end of the day, who cares? And it's like, well, no, that shit, like, our media shapes our society. Mm-hmm. Like, if we didn't have a character like Elliot or like Darlene to point to when we're describing certain things, like, I don't know that people would even know these certain diagnoses exist, right? right? Yeah, no, it's been really, it's been really incredible. It's been just seeing the response of, from so many people being like, watching the show has changed my life. is mm. like, wh- You're how like, what? <laughs> it changed my life. <laughs> Fully. <laughs> like how, as an actor and like artist, how could, you couldn't ask for anything more than to mm. like actually be a part of something that's impactful in that way. But that's, you know, with NAMI, that's why I felt like it was so important for us to take advantage of it, of that. And I kept, you know, for the longest time trying to get them to put at the end of episodes, if you need help, contact this and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but you know, I hosted like the NAMI walks and they, this past year we had a Mr. Robot booth and I got them to USA to, and NBCU to donate. So thank you. NBC. Um, I like them too. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that just, you know, in the same way with like diversity of like Mm -hmm. not seeing someone that, looks like you Mm -hmm. or like you feel like you can relate to on TV. So many people I think have never had a character that they can relate to so much. Mm -hmm. That also wasn't a character that's like you're in a loony bin because you're so great. Like just like an exaggerated version, but of a real person. And you know, it's like, I, I struggled with this in my book too, about writing. Like when I say the word crazy or psycho or psychotic and like, um, I've always said that being like, I know what that's like. Like I've experienced crazy or psycho or whatever. Like I know what psychosis and mania looks like very intimately. And like the word is, I think 
still going through that phase that I think a lot of words are going through right now of like, is it appropriate to use? Are we like stigmatizing by saying like, that's crazy when we really mean like, that's incredible. And I'm like, shut up. I, I'm allowed to say these things a little bit, but I wonder like for you as an actor who knows about mental health very deeply and like experiences and knows what this shit looks like, how did acting it affect you because like your character ain't all sunshine and daisies and roses like it ain't like going to work on blues clues every day like you're going to do some fucking depressing shit like every episode and so I wonder how just prep wise and like your body did that it wasn't easy um (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't easy it was not easy um no I mean it's like a joke how many times I've like cried and like freaked out you know it's a very dark character it's a very dark show um you know and we I've had days where like I would leave work and just Rami and I both like we had this scene in the finale of season three that was like so traumatizing Mm. we both like got back home and neither of us like left our couch the entire weekend and I was just like so fucked in the head from it Mm. um how do you how, what do you do I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean season one was much harder because it was newer mm. um and I had never played a character like right. that and I think it's like it's really hard to kind of like separate and detach because like you are it you do have to make it so real mm-hmm. so it does have to like it is real when you're right doing it and it's yeah. like when you literally you have to put your body in a state of trauma constantly mm. um Damn. And like stay in it, especially. Your therapist must be paid. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, sh- I we always joke that I'm like, you guys should be paying for my Why? therapy. <laughs> Honestly, dead ass. I feel like they should. <laughs> well, you think about like Heath Ledger, right? Like he, that character literally killed him. I mean, we don't know what kind of like disorders of of uh, addiction or whatever he had just built into his his chromosomes, but you like I I laugh when you say like I don't know what I did because I really wonder like how your body is able to differentiate like fake trauma of acting it can't because if that's I think that's what makes you a good actor and like Mm. when you you know it's like we're doing this scene that I was saying and it's like I was sweating from every single surface of my body (laughs) because I was like shaking from the inside because I like put myself in the this I'm like cool job like (laughs) like, I get paid to like literally be traumatized Um, but you put yourself into such a state like that and I think you know I think a few things it definitely takes a second when you're done shooting to like come back to the Mm. real world it is hard to like you know have your like normal friendships um, Mm -hmm. because you just feel in this whole different world yeah and you're just also like so sucked into it in but a relationship like i'm yeah. sure ryan would come home some days and be like i ain't even gonna touch that <laughs> well i'd always say i'm like thank god it, it was great shooting in new york and mm-hmm. that he wasn't always there because mm. i did need that like space yeah the space to just like come home and like get into bed or like just sit in the shower and be like oh, <laughs> oh my god but did you have anything like special or like a treat or a food or a TV show or anything that like just got you out of your own head? 
I binge watched Game of Thrones this last Ooh. summer. Mm-hmm. Wait, had really you never good. watched? I had it? never seen it. I was always oh so against God. it, and then I was Wait, like, "Why are you against it?" I don't know. I was like, "That's so stupid." Because like, everyone's obsessed with it. You yeah, and it was it. just like the period. <laughs> pe- like I just thought I was like flying dragons. Like go fuck off. Yeah. And then oh my god, it was so cool. You saw it, and you were like, mm, "Game over. Game of Thrones over." It was. I like didn't sleep. Um, but no, I think the for me the way like of getting out of it is just like coming back to your body mm. and like physically physically and which is also like my way to get into it but of wow. just being like I'm Carly and like oh my god you're literally describing like exactly what I do when I have disassociate dissociation like usually in super high anxiety like right before I know I'm about to have a panic attack I'll disassociate and in my like tips in the book is like tell yourself about yourself so like I'm Kelsey Lee Dara. My favorite color is green. Mm-hmm. My favorite food is Cinnabons. My favorite movie is this. Like, and then actually, like, my number one is, like, putting your feet on the ground and feeling the bottom of your soles on the, the ground, being like, that is exactly the ground. Exactly what I do. Oh, my God. And it's actually what I do to, like, physically before I start shooting is like tapping and like body and then feet on the ground and like, like tapping getting Darlene into you a little bit. Just like getting waking up your body and mm. like getting connected to your body. Um, mm. But yeah, I always say like to stay present. I'm like, this is my leg. This is my hand. Oh like my I'm on the couch. That's so funny. But I guess like, guess it works. I know, right? Like, We're both geniuses. Way, right. Like I'm basically a doctor. Um, in a way though, it doesn't feel that, weird to do such a thing because in those moments of like disassociation or trauma or anxiety high anxiety your body feels like your biggest enemy and I think rearranging that thought pattern of like no this is like my home this is like my sacred space this is my vessel this is my best friend like I have to be really kind to my body because in those moments of like super bad disassociation, I feel like, God damn it, brain. Why the fuck are you doing this shit right now? Like I never have fucking time. You never come at the convenient times. Da, 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 da. And I get so mad. And mm-hmm. I think really like making a conscious decision, which isn't easy and takes a lot of practice, probably the same way of like dropping into a character takes a lot of practice is like you have to like your body, the relationship to your body is so important. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That reminded me of like quitting smoking. Oh, we With have my- <laughs> got to talk about that. But you know what? We've been talking for so long. I almost forgot to read our ad for this week, which <laughs> ties in beautifully to our theme of mental health this week, which is, you know, I'm going to talk about better health. Y'all, you already know, because I don't want anything to interfere with your happiness confidants. I want you to know that Better Health is an app that you can get affordable online therapy 24-7. Everything is absolutely confidential. It's not self-help, okay? It is professional counseling. You never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room ever again. Think about that. Oh, they're always the same. They always have like air diffusers and highlights magazines and like weird paintings on the wall. Like opera playing in yes. the background. And you're like, what the fuck? This is okay. You don't have to do that with BetterHelp. And I want you to know that so many people have been using BetterHelp during this time in the world that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 
50 states, which now we have like 51 states, I think, because Washington, D.C., whatever, that's a different conversation. Uh, They help with things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. And the best part about it is that it is affordable. And y'all know that I believe access to therapy that is fair and not privileged is like my number one goal in life. That's why I love BetterHelp. So I want you all to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash CI. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash CI. Let's talk about you quitting smoking because that's like mental health. That's like a tick thing that you definitely leaned on. You look crutch, crutch. It's my favorite thing to talk about because it's the best thing that's ever happened. You to me. smoked so a lot. much. I took a dramatic pause because that's it how much deserves. You I mean, yeah. it deserves like a dramatic pause that lasts like an like hour. an Oscar worthy dramatic yeah, beyond. Pause. Yeah, I. It's funny because when I tell people I was a like, smoker, they're like, "Oh, you know, like yeah, me too." And you're and like, I'm like, "No, bitch, no." I ate the cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> you have no I idea. I opened my eyes in bed and smoked a cigarette. <sighs> Which was crazy because I remember I've told you this a million times. Like I would see you do it and I would be like, you're so young and so pretty. Stop it. Oh, It was like I couldn't – I would get up from dinner with my dad yep. and go outside and have a cigarette. Like mm-hmm. I was a fucking smoker. Nobody ever thought I would quit. Ever. Ever. I never thought I would quit. I never had a desire to quit. Mm. And then um, – What was it? My I can't believe Ryan was like, I'm a date a girl. I'm going to marry this bitch who smokes this much. Oh, my God. What a weird trait. I feel like that's such a turnoff. I get, yeah. I mean, he was a smoker. He still does yeah. his jewel. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Which is like. Everyone does that shit. Except okay, but me. let me just tell you, anybody that's like smoking a jewel, thinking that they're not a smoker. <laughs> it's you the same elitist. fucking thing. You fucking elitist. You are a smoker. <laughs> Like, I don't know. better than us. Okay. No, and you're like hurting yourself just as much. Oh, true. They are going to come out Mm -hmm. in fucking 10 years or sooner being like, oops. (laughs) They already have, I think. Yeah. That shit. If anybody thinks that like they quit smoking. Because they jewel. But they're jeweling. You did not quit smoking. Tell them, sis. Preach, bitch. (laughs) You did not quit smoking. Don't fool yourself. But you did. I did. I read... This book, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr, mm-hmm. changed my life. Mm-hmm. Never in a million I tried, I mm. had tried Chantix when I was younger, which is the pill, right? It was the worst fucking thing I've ever done. It made I me not want to smoke. I had that. But it made me talk about mental, like I have never, I was like on the brink of suicide. Do they still yeah. put that out? Yeah. And w- did you feel like on the brink of suicidal because you c- you didn't want to smoke or it just made your No, they they say they're like may cause suicidal thoughts. Oh my god, and you were like bing, And I'm bing, like bing, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Underline that shit. Aaron. Yeah, like it's not it's not I think it does in a lot of people. Mm. So I've, I I don't have not take that heard shit. about it in a while, so I feel like maybe it's not as like a much of a thing anymore. I see commercials for it all you the time. Do? Yeah. They're like don't quit cold turkey, quit like Slow turkey. <laughs> that's okay. That's their that's I feel their like thing. your disbelief of yourself quitting smoking is the same way I felt about drinking. That it would never Mm-mm. happen. 
And no. then you did. Yeah. So you read the book and just and give I'd, us like a brief. I had like, tried hypnotherapy. Wow. I had tried everything. Gum, mm-hmm. patches. Yep. And this one fucking book. A book. <sighs> Praise be. Praise so good. Be indeed. And they say, they're like, do not stop smoking while you read this. And you were like, hell yeah. I yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. I'll, you know what it was? I went on Amazon. I typed in quit smoking book because my best friend was like, you need to stop. And I was like, okay, I'll stop in the new year. I typed in quit smoking book. This book came up with five stars. Yeah, like thousands of reviews. And I was like, what the fuck kind of quit smoking book has yeah. five you, stars? No one had ever told you about Alan Carr before? No. Bitch, you need new friends, <laughs> including me, if I didn't tell you about that. No. Because I've heard about it. It's like miracle shit. Miracle. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I just need to see what this is about. Yeah. And so I got it and it's like, don't quit smoking. Just read this book. I promise by the end of it, you'll want to. <laughs> and I literally was like going to do it in the new year. And I didn't even want to wait that long. And so my quit date was um, 11-16-16. Which is also Jeez. lucky numbers. November 16th, 2016. Was your last cigarette? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well, I guess it was technically on the 10th. Whatever. Yeah. But so the <laughs> I haven't book, had one puff. Wow. Nothing. What's like, give us like the secret sauce of like just one little tidbit if you could. Oh my God. I know there's like, the ba- I think the basic structure is just like, it makes you don't. N- <laughs> <laughs> right? It makes you not want to be a smoker. Like yeah. I... It really just breaks it down to like what you're doing and mm-hmm. like these ideas that we like put on a cigarette of being like, well, it's this when I'm be... stressed, yeah, or this or that. And it's like, no, it's really just a nicotine vessel and you have a nicotine addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you just ha- you just want to get away. Like you're using this yeah. thing, this stick as like an escape. It's all a false sense of some, you know, it's Ooh. like it's all a lie. Ooh. And that's deep. Sis. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's all a lie. And the biggest thing was he was like, everyone's like quitting smoking is so miserable and the worst thing ever. But he's like, why would anybody want to do that? It's actually like the best, most exciting right. thing. That was tr- drinking for me. And it, it, I mean, I could, it changed my life yep. in ways that I didn't even realize. Yep. And I could not be happier. Like mm-hmm. my entire life was dictated mm-hmm. around a cigarette. I didn't want to get on a plane. Yep. I didn't I didn't like want to do anything that could stop me from having my cigarette. Oh my god. And it like just freed up my life so do much. Do you feel better? Beyond. And you know what was crazy was I so I quit in 2016 and then I went back to work for season 3 and I'll remember like on the first day or so our uh-huh. DP came up to me and was like director of photography. Yeah. <laughs> and and was like I don't know what you did, but like your face looks so good. And like on camp, like, I don't know what changed. And I was like, I got the color back. <laughs> yeah. I quit smoking. And were people just like shooketh when you told them? Beyond. That's the thing is like, I, w- I think I was expecting everyone to like drop their food and like have like water fell out of their mouth when I'm like, I quit drinking. But people were just like, yeah, that's cool. No, I think people were like, <laughs> holy <"What?"> shit. <laughs> I know. I wanted a bigger like coming out moment. But I think that that's such a beautiful thing to maybe end on is like, I really like what you said that like every, all that shit is just like a coping mechanism to like getting to the deeper part of whatever the issue is or like mm-hmm. whatever you're avoiding. And I think that like we all have those little things and you never want to admit when like 
society or like the right thing to do is right. Like mm-hmm. people are like, you're going to quit drinking. You're going to feel better. I was like, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh shit, I do feel better. I do get up earlier. I do like have zest for life now. Like mm-hmm. I believe alcohol was keeping a layer of like cloud over my life. And it's like, I burst out of this fucking cloud and like into the sunshine. I was just like, why did I do that to myself for so long? I had this moment like the I like went out on my fire escape <laughs> like the night oh, that I was going to have my last cigarette in oh. Hollywood and was just like, this is it. But I like had this moment where I just was like put my hand on my body and I was like, I'm so sorry for doing this to you. Because oh, it like, makes me want to cry. It, it's like I fucking was like poisoning my body for so long without its like permission, oh. you know, and it's just like. You get one body and one life, ah! and it's just like, I'm so sorry that I was doing that to you. That's a tearjerker, bitch. <laughs> That's, like, really powerful. But, right, it's like, you know, what you were – of being in your body yeah. and of, like, appreciating it, mm-hmm. it's like you're doing that. It's like you're li- – I mean, with yeah. smoking, you're literally killing it. And it's like every day I think it would be so beautiful if everyone made space, just, like, three minutes a day to just, like – go through and be like thank you tiny toes for carrying me throughout the day thank you giant calves for being strong like <laughs> i wish like i wish we would all just connect to our bodies a little bit more and that maybe that's the better wrap up than everything's a lie is connect to your <laughs> body a little bit more carly jagan thank you so much for doing thank this you. and more importantly thank you for letting me borrow your house for a month Duh. i'm never leaving Good. Surprise. Good. <laughs> Thing forever. Um, where do you want to be found, if at all, or what would you like to promote, if anything? <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram. Oh my god. At Carly Chaken. My art Instagram. Yeah. At Carly Chaken Art. Check it out. Yeah. And watch Mr. Robot on, on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. <laughs> Look at that synchronicity. Um, Confidants, please, please, please go pre-order the book. That would be the best birthday present for my 30th birthday you could ever give me. It's only $17.99. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for fun. Uh, Don't forget to give this five stars. If you're going to give it less than five stars, please don't do it because I'm very sensitive. Uh, Don't forget you can write to us at confidentlyinsecurepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at confidentlypod. We're doing giveaways. I'll probably do a book giveaway. Will you, like, sign something and give it away for this episode? Sure. <laughs> I don't know who wants sign it, but this cup. You're gonna sign a cup and we're gonna go away. Uh no, we'll figure out something. Um thanks again. Thank You're the you. titties. Bye confidants. See you next week.